a plot to kill Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh thwarted. Guy was out to kill him. <laughs> He's already confessed. And imagine that. After all of the vile, vicious attacks and the protests against this man, not just recently, not since that Roe v. Wade uh, draft decision, but since he was nominated, right? You remember Christine Blasey Ford, all of it. It's been a nightmare for him. And now it's come to this. John Rusk, a 28-year-old man from California, has been arrested. Uh, he was uh, spotted outside Kavanaugh's house with a bag full of weapons. And from all indications, he was intending to do grave harm, to break into the house and kill Justice Kavanaugh. He said he was looking for direction. He wanted to have direction in his life. It's interesting. Just a couple of weeks ago, the Department of Homeland Security, he's obviously a leftist lunatic, said that the real threat came, ah uh, yes, some racially or ethnically motivated violent extremists embrace of pro-life narratives may be linked to the perception of wanting to save white children and fight white genocide. Yes, the Department of Homeland Security sent out a memo, watch out for the white supremacists. But it turned out it was a crazy liberal, a lunatic, out to get a conservative. Now, reaction to this, by the way, has been somewhat mooted, muted. It was a big story, but it wasn't everywhere. If you were going around cable TV today, no, it wasn't big breaking news. Could you imagine, though, if, say, incoming Justice Katanji Brown Jackson, if she was targeted by, say, a, well, a radical conservative? Something tells me that this would be a much, much bigger story. It's interesting how the language and the actions of the left, both when they are super, super radical, extreme, and dangerous, and just plain crazy and inappropriate, it's all either ignored or at least tolerated. And when our side says something as harmless as what President Trump said on January 6th, it's impeachable. I know that everyone here will soon be marching over to the Capitol building to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. We all heard it. We all heard him say peacefully and patriotically. I got a question. They're, they impeached him for that, and the hearings continue. How is Chuck Schumer going to explain his way out of this one? I guess no one's demanding an explanation, but I am. In March of 2020, he threatened Justice Kavanaugh, and that's against the law. He was caught on tape doing it, too. I want to tell you, Kavanaugh, you have released the whirlwind, and you will pay the price. You won't know what hit you. Wow. I mean, maybe John Rusk, 28 years old, was listening to those comments and found the purpose for his life. This picture um, from the New York Post, and we believe this is him. Now, I believe this guy has serious problems. I hope he's punished severely if he's guilty, and it looks like he is. I'm actually not gonna blame the entire left-wing establishment. In this country, we talk the way we talk, right? 0.00001% of the people out there are crazy and will do horrible things and that's why we have police, and that's why we have marshals, and that's why we have, hopefully, law and order. We should still be able to say what we want to say. Although there are limits, and Chuck Schumer, I believe you just, I think that was a, an impeachable offense, huh? If you can get Trump on peacefully and patriotically. All right, moving on to last night's very, very intriguing primary results from San Francisco 
There is hope, there is hope that that left-wing woke city just kicked out their crazy district attorney, Chesa Boudin. Now, even the liberals have had enough of the smash and grab robberies we've been showing you. I mean, they're sick of it. You see them all the time. Uh, San Francisco has been plagued with crime. Quality of life is in the pits. Also, the mass shoplifting sprees that people go on with no fear of arrest and the homelessness and the open drug use, it all became too much, just too much. And even a liberal whack job like Chesa Boudin, who had such an interesting backstory. Chesa, his parents were, were radicals and criminals. That actually worked in his favor, believe it or not, at one point in, in San Francisco. Not anymore. He has been recalled rather uh, resoundingly. Let's take a look at the results. Uh, special week, 60% of the folks voted to kick him out. And remember, in San Francisco, it's overwhelmingly Democratic. In fact, I think just 7% of the voters there are Republican. So this is good. This is very good. So Boudin, he was a crazy radical. He was one of those guys, cops are bad, criminals are good, no bail, uh, defund the police. He was encouraging all of that. He's not the only one, though. There are district attorneys across the country who share this radical mindset. They are everywhere, and we hope they noticed what happened in San Francisco, and they will either, well, hopefully both smarten up and toughen up, and we need that here in New York City. We got a guy named Alvin Bragg. He's the new district attorney for New York County, and folks, he seems, quite frankly, forgive me, a little bit nuts, okay? His first day on the job, he lets everybody know that this happened to him. It's irrelevant, but he sends a memo to everybody who works for him. Growing up in Harlem in the 1980s, I saw every side of the criminal justice system from a young age. Before I was 21 years old, I had a gun pointed at me six times. I had a knife to my neck, a semi-automatic gun to my head, and a homicide victim on my doorstep. All right. Uh, last year, I had perhaps the most sobering experience of my life, seeing the aftermath of a shooting directly in front of our home as we walked together past yellow crime scene tapes, seemingly countless shell casings and a gun just to get home. Well, you might think this would make him, I don't know, tough on crime. No, it made him the opposite. In that same memo, he came up with all kinds of new rules and what we're going to prosecute and what we're going to not prosecute. Armed robbery. As long as the gun does not go off, all right, <laughs> you, don't have to, you don't have to make it about the gun, all right? It can be made a lesser crime, perhaps even a misdemeanor if the gun doesn't go off. Maybe we can, maybe we can look past this. Also, resisting arrest. Resisting arrest actually became, no, we're not charging anybody with resisting arrest. So what do we do? We incentivize these guys to run away from the cops and fight the cops. You know what Alvin Bragg and so many of these guys are pushing? The myth, and it is a myth, of mass incarceration. You've heard the phrase, right? What does it really mean? They love saying it. The system of mass incarceration uh, in this nation is a shame to a nation that is the land of the free. We as corrections officials should be apologizing for our role in mass incar incarceration. Join us, join our community, and help us fight mass incarceration. It's a policy failure, it's a moral failure. We need to address this crisis. Um, we need to dismantle mass incarceration. It's a total myth. There is no such thing as mass incarceration. Go try to find the video of 
hundreds of people being arrested. You couldn't even find that during Black Lives Matter summer. This is a country where we still have due process and people are charged individually, occasionally with one or two others, but individually. This is not Egypt. You ever see the films where they have 80 guys in one jail cell and they all go on trial at the same time? No, we don't have that here. Despite what Chesa Boudin and his friends have convinced themselves about America. I believe they hate America. I really do. And uh, on the way out the door, again, his own personal sob story that he tried to make everybody else's problem. I grew up with two sets of parents. I grew up in two different worlds, right? One immersed in all of the opportunities of privilege and another shackled to a existence mired in degradation and humiliation, one known to far too many Americans because of our addiction to caging human beings. Addiction to caging human beings. His parents were involved in the murder of police officers. Police officers. His parents went to jail for the murder of police officers and a security guard in the 1981 uh, Nyack, New York, Brinks robbery. This really happened, all right? And by the way, the other set of parents, they were members of the Weather Underground. Bill Ayers, noted uh, compatriot of Barack Obama. Bill Ayers, who's believed to have participated in the bombing of the Pentagon in 1972. He spoke about this publicly. Bill Ayers, the adoptive father, really, of Chesa Boudin. And what did he say? I don't regret setting bombs. I feel we didn't do enough. Interesting. He said that on September 11th, 2001. And all Chesa can think of is not the dead cops, not the community that elected to, uh, I think they had some idea that it would keep a modicum of safety. No, all the heartache that happened to him. Few prosecutors have had their own lives as directly touched by incarceration as Boudin has. Since before I can remember, my parents have been incarcerated. In fact, my earliest memories are going through steel gates, waiting in lines at metal detectors, just to be able to see my parents, just to be able to give them a hug. It's really tragic that your parents chose to participate in that horrible robbery that uh, resulted in the death of cops and security guards, human beings. And it's very satisfying that this joke of a district attorney has been tossed out, even in San Francisco. 60% of the voters there have voted to recall him. Now, what does Joe Biden make of all this? Joe Biden was asked, hey, what does this mean? Uh, it's the Republicans' fault, Democrats too, and the cops. Yeah, he blames the cops. Listen. I think the voters sent a clear message last night. Both parties have to step up and do something about crime as well as gun violence. And I sent, as you recall, with the first major bill we passed, we gave the states and localities billions of dollars, billions of dollars to have, and encourage them to use it to hire police officers and reform the police department. Very few have done it. In addition to that, I sent to Congress a request for $300 million in this year's budget to deal with hiring cops, to retrain cops, as well as to make sure they are adequately dispersed around the communities. It's time they move. It's time the states and the localities spend the money they have to deal with crime. 
as well as retrain police officers, as well as provide for more community policing. It's time to get on with doing that, and that's what I think the message last night from the American public was in all the primaries. Typical Democrat career politician. I've got money for the problem, and we're calling for reform. You saw all those videos. We see them every day, the smash and grabs, the mass shoplifting, the Minneapolis police station on fire. This isn't about money. This is about respect. This is about backing law enforcement. This is about not taking the side of the crazy people. This is about rejecting Black Lives Matter and Antifa. And he won't do that. This is not about money. This is about respect. And what's happening right now, all the way up New Orleans today. This is New Orleans, great city. They're having, I mean, this looks like Fallujah to me. I've been to Fallujah. This is what it looks like. And then how about the respect for law enforcement there? No, 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 no. The cops come through. Yeah, I thought this was the height of Black Lives Matter summer, something like that. No, this is, uh, this is now, this is America. And you can throw all the money you want at it, Joe Biden. That's not what it's about. It's about priorities, it's about values, and you don't share them with us anymore. Don't pretend that you do. All right, when we come back, an assistant coach of the Washington Football Club, I think they go by the commanders now, he shared a totally legitimate political opinion about January 6th. He thinks it was not as severe as we've been told by the mainstream media, and it looks like they're out to cancel him. They're making it a huge deal. It's wild. Jack Del Rio, I like him when we come back. Carson, host of the Newsmax Daily Podcast. Tired of boring traditional news updates? How about one with a conservative point of view and it's actually funny? You can subscribe for free on the Apple Podcast app and it downloads directly to your smartphone so you can listen while driving, uh, to work, riding a bike, at the gym, or even while lobster fishing off the East Coast. Subscribe today with the Apple Podcast app or go to NewsmaxTV.com slash podcasts for other platforms. Something's coming. All All I I can can say is is that the fake news just doesn't get it, do they? (laughs) So politics is important, right? I mean, a governor is important to deploy the National Guard, not to deploy the National Guard. So in New York, they had a debate among the Democrats for governor. It's an important conversation. Most people don't know who these people are, right? It's only one hour. And guess what they did? They screwed around with it. Not the candidates, but the moderators. This actually happened. They used this, uh, this opportunity for the voters to meet these folks with the most inane questions. Seriously, they asked these questions. What's your absolute number one biggest pet peeve? Mr. Williams, what is the one thing you simply cannot live without besides your family? Mr. Swazi, do you believe in ghosts? So, Mr. Williams, in one word, Superman or Batman? Ms. Hochul, what's your biggest weakness or flaw? Mr. Williams, what's your go-to karaoke song? My go-to karaoke song, it'll probably Maxwell Pretty Wings. Can you sing it? 
pretty wings, oh, pretty wow. wings. That sounds just like it. That's cute, right? No. Uh, I don't blame the candidate. Uh, karaoke. Did the 20-somethings know what karaoke is anymore? Nobody does karaoke. I haven't thought of karaoke since uh, 1980. The Bush administration. The first Bush administration. Anyway, that actually happened. I think politics is a bit more serious than that. Also, the rainbow flag. You see it everywhere for Pride Month. June is Pride Month. You heard about the push. It's getting a... It's getting downright communist, these tactics, to make the Devil Rays, the Tampa Rays, the baseball team, wear the patch of gay pride. Well, not everybody wanted to wear that patch. It was gay pride night at the stadium. Not all the players were into it. Five guys said, no, we're not going to wear that patch. And by the way, they were pretty darn respectful about it. In fact, Jason Adam put out, I thought, a beautiful statement. He just said it like this. Put it on the screen, please. Yeah, here we go. Who's encouraged us to live a lifestyle that would abstain from that behavior, just like Jesus encourages me as a heterosexual male to abstain from sex outside of the confines of marriage? It's no different, he wrote. It's just a lifestyle, not that they look down on anybody. It's just that we maybe don't want to encourage it if we believe in Jesus. Well, that was a pretty open and bold confession of faith, and I think his answer should be respected. And it wasn't. In fact, he's been mocked. So have the players, not just from the woke left, but from the formerly good people at ESPN. ESPN. We all know it, right? You grew up with it. A bunch of guys talking about sports. Well, no, it's changed a lot. And you have people like uh, Sarah Spain. Now, at first, I thought she said all this nonsense. And what's her background, by the way? She's just a typical broadcaster, you know, worked here, worked there, worked at Fox. Um... And now she's uh, she's the woke police. All right. Here's what she had to say about the players who simply did not want to wear gay pride patches on their uniform. Pride is about inclusion. So you don't love them and you don't welcome them if you're not willing to wear the patch. And calling it a lifestyle reveals to me that you've done not even a modicum of research or understanding on this topic. It's what tends to happen when a privileged class isn't affected by things. What you haven't done a modicum of research. What research are we supposed to do? Right. I think we kind of all have a ballpark idea of what's going on with gay people and straight people when they're alone. What is she talking about? And then she invokes privilege. Hey, by the way, these ballplayers, they grew up working class. They may have made it big now, but they know what it's like. And she goes on this woke police woman. This is not just about baseball. That religious exemption BS, which is used in sport and otherwise, also allows for people to be denied health care, jobs, apartments, children, prescriptions, all sorts of rights. And so we have to stop tiptoeing around it because we're trying to protect people who are trying to be bigoted from asking for them to be exempt from it when the very people that they are bigoted against are suffering the consequences. That's pretty severe, calling those guys bigots for not wearing, not wearing a patch. Um, And what's going to happen here? Yeah, that patch, that patch, wearing that patch will get people jobs, apartments and children. That's what she said. Now, I figure the entire panel would be like, "Okay, we're going to have at that. No. Right. No. Mm -mm. Nobody disagreed with her. Nobody. They went along with it. Check it out. 
I would love to pile on these five guys for their anti-LGBT gesture that they just did. But really, this is about the, the fruitlessness of the performative gesture of having these patches and having these flags when clearly they're not the only five guys who feel like this. Otherwise, Major League Baseball would have more LGBTQIS plus players or any in these leagues. If you want to have something that really means anything while you're in there in Florida, speak out about the don't say gay bill or do something that really says that you stand for folks that are putting a flag out there and get distracted by these conversations about who's wearing a patch and who's not. All right. Uh, he's, he's, he's staying woke. He's trying to disagree, but he's not really disagreeing, right? Come out and say something about the don't say gay bill. This is ESPN. The next guy, by the way, it's fascinating the way he talks. I don't blame him for dodging the issue. He does. He has to say something, but he doesn't want to say something. So he says nothing, but it seems like he said something. Take a look. It's as much a marketing statement they're making as much as a political one. And I covered uh, uh, Major League Baseball for two years. I spent in a clubhouse. I did the NBA for over 20 Believe me when I tell you, there are a lot of players that feel this way. They're just not going to come out publicly and say it. And I think when the leagues kind of go down this road, this is what's going to happen, the fallout from it. All right. I think that's a dodge, and I think that's okay. Everyone's freaked out. You say the wrong thing. You tweet the wrong thing. It can be over like that. That's China. That's North Korea. This is not America. We've got to get over this. One more. The man in the striped shirt. He's also with the woke police. This is ESPN. You must wear a gay pride patch or else you're a bigot. If you feel this way, not feeling compelled to come out and say it publicly, which is why I point to the raise from a leadership standpoint on this. You can't have your players doing this. It makes you look like you're regressing and you're completely backwards. It's 2022. Just imagine if four or five guys decided they were going to say this in terms of, I don't know, military things on their jerseys. People would react completely differently, and it's not all that different. Raise, get your house in order. Get your house in order and make them all, the, the five players who didn't wear the patch, make them wear the gay pride patch? No, there is a very big difference between the gay pride patch and the nation's uniform, right, which represents the American flag. You get it? You get it, ESPN? You want us wearing some? Hey, I did notice that the, the first woke policewoman, now it's gay pride month, right? Where is her gay pride button? Where is her gay pride patch? I don't see any. I don't see any. What's going on there? Is she a bigot? What's happening? This is what they do in communist countries, what they used to do in Russia, Soviet Union. Yeah. You had to have all these, uh, you know, patches, medals, everything you did. Right. That uh, that established you as something. Right. Isn't that right? Premier Brezhnev. This is not America. We've got to relax a little bit. We have to know that we're right and push back and not be afraid. And I want to say something about Jack Del Rio. I'm not a huge football fan, but I love this guy. He is the defensive coach for the Washington Football Club. Uh, they finally have a name, by the way, the Washington Commanders, right? So you may have noticed uh, that they're having the January 6th hearings tomorrow night in prime time. Some people are talking about it. And some people, like me, have noticed the following, that there were 600 and something riots during Black Lives Matter all kinds of mayhem, all kinds of destruction, and there was only one riot on January 6th. Nothing burned. It was, and quite frankly, the only people who lost their lives were Trump supporters, okay? Ashley Babbitt and the others. Brian Sicknick, rest in peace. That was natural causes. That's what we're told. So the coach tweeted something. 
and I think it's totally reasonable, totally reasonable, I happen to agree with him, would love to understand the whole story about why the summer of riots, looting, burning, and the destruction of personal property is never discussed. But this is, now he's referring to, in common sense, of course, referring to the January 6th hearings. He was responding to a, another tweet. Well, of course, what happened? All hell breaks loose, right? You have international media writing about this. How can he call January 6th the dust up? How dare he? He must use the rhetoric that we approve, that we sanction. Well, he came out in front of the cameras and he wasn't afraid and he made his case and he did it with style and class. I see the images on TV. People's livelihoods are being destroyed. Businesses are being burned down. No problem. And then we have a dust up at the Capitol. Well, there's nothing burned down. And we're not gonna talk about, we're gonna make that a major deal. I just think it's kind of two standards. And if we apply the same standard and we're going to be reasonable with each other, let's have a discussion. That's all it was. Let's have a discussion. We're Americans. Let's talk it through. I'm for, I'm for us, you know, having a great opportunity to have a fulfilled life. Uh, like I said, every, way, every which way I can, when I'm here, it's about love and respect. <sighs> Who can argue with that? Well, apparently everybody can. Everybody in the woke left and corporate America, the NFL. Shortly after this, he put out a statement. Now, he said there, not in the tweet, sorry, about the dust up. And that set people off all over again. He says referencing that situation as a dust up was irresponsible and negligent. And I am sorry. I stand by my comments condemning violence in communities across the country. Uh, I love and respect all my fellow coaches, players, and staff, and I work with and respect their views and opinions. You're allowed to say things in America, all right? This is not, this is not Tom Brady, by the way. I'm not saying he's, you know, a guy, he's not a cashier at the grocery store either, but if it can happen to him, it can happen to anybody. This is scary stuff. This is not America. Jack Del Rio... I'm sorry you went through this. I'm sorry anybody would ever have to go through this. We're going to start self-censoring. It's one of the reasons why I can be rather outrageous on this show and on other platforms. I feel it's my duty. I feel it's our duty. We cannot be held back. We will not be held back. Stay with us. You heard about Enrique Tario, the head of the Proud Boys. He's in jail right now. His mother will actually be joining us. We're looking forward to seeing her. Stay with us. Black Lives Matter, not the way that Black Lives Matter movement says they only care when a black life is taken by a white cop, but all lives matter. Black Lives Matter, especially the life of 15-year-old Tamima Samira. Uh, She was inside her home in Queens last night. At 11 p.m., she was doing homework and a shootout erupted on the street. This is in the St. Albans uh, neighborhood, if anyone's familiar. Police say three men opened fire on each other. They were shooting at each other. Uh, Dozens of rounds went flying in every direction, and one of them went through the young girl's home and hit her in the leg. She was seriously injured, rushed to the hospital. It is believed that she will survive. 
No rests. No rests have been made. She's 15 years old doing homework at her desk in her home. And uh, this happens. This happens. Meanwhile, we have a mayor, Eric Adams, who's got to be probably the silliest mayor in New York. There's a lot he could be doing, but he doesn't know how to do anything. But he does like getting on planes and traveling and being on social media. And he crammed all all of those into one little um, Instagram story. Take a look. On the plane, uh, early morning, heading to D.C. to testify for the Congress, Congresswoman Maloney's uh, committee, we want to address the open proliferation of guns, not only in our city, but in the entire country. Guns that are sold or possessed illegally in the southern part of the country are making their way uh, to New York, and it is creating a level of safety that we're really concerned about. We want to share that with I'm sorry, he comes off like a sixth grader who won a trip to Washington, D.C., and gets to meet a congresswoman, Carolyn Maloney. She's been there since 1992. She's had 10,000 hearings on guns. And this one's going to make a difference. And it was like he's in sixth grade going on a big adventure. He documented every little step of the way. He gets to the airport in Washington, D.C. They take a video of him. Isn't this special? Yeah, if you're 12. Oh, and then he gets to walk through hallways in Capitol Hill. They put this all out on social media. And then he makes a statement that he's made a million times before talking about guns coming up from the South. Oh, we got to start stop the iron pipeline. Look, there are something like 8 million guns in New York. It's the guns are already here. He's talking about stopping them. He doesn't know what to do with the resources he has because he's not very smart. And that's the problem. He's got a 50,000 person police force here in New York City. These guys, these men and women, they have great talent. They have many, many numbers. It's the biggest police department in the world, and he does not know how to employ them. They also have amazing equipment, helicopters with infrared and, 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 and shot sensing technology. They can actually sense from the sky when a shot is fired. And it goes on and on and on, but he has no idea, no idea how to harness any of this stuff. Yet, what does he do? He goes on, well, field trips, field trips. And when he's not traveling, he's pottying. Really, he's the, uh, the nightlife mayor. This is, uh, this is what he's in it for. Like most politicians, the fun, the fame, the money someday. Yeah, the money, that's a, that's a big part of it. What a shame. I do believe lives are being lost because he's not better at his job. All right, now this. There's something else going on that we don't talk about and you may not know about, but there's a lot of pressure coming down on Attorney General Merrick Garland to charge Donald Trump. And the pressure is coming from the left, the political left. And Merrick Garland, quite frankly, doesn't strike me as a particularly strong or gutsy guy. And I think he just might cave to the pressure. They think that Donald Trump's a criminal and he must be indicted. Uh, And it's relentless. It's almost a campaign of harassment against this guy. Democrats 
a lot of them want to see uh, Merrick Garland do something to investigate Donald Trump, uh, the top. What was he doing in all this? Why hasn't Merrick Garland and my sources inside the Justice Department, Katie, I know you have them as well, are telling me there is not a case being prepared against Donald Trump. Why is Merrick Garland allowing this nonsense to continue? <laughs> he's such a he's such an institutionalist that maybe he's too afraid to go after Trump. Well, Merrick Garland, what are you going to do? I think it would be very, very foolish for you to give in to these woke phonies and try to indict an innocent man. Don't. Do it. When we come back, the January 6th committee is having ridiculous primetime hearings tomorrow night. In the run-up, we'll uh, talk with Rudy Giuliani, the former mayor, close Donald Trump associate, and also Enrique Tario from the Proud Boys. We're going to speak with his mother. Stay with us. Enrique Tario. He was the head of the Proud Boys. So many lies have been told about Enrique Tario and the Proud Boys. It's not even funny. They're not white supremacists. By the way, he's incarcerated right now. Very serious charges. They were just upgraded. This is what happened when he was arrested. FBI agents raiding Henry Enrique Tario's Miami home yesterday. He surrendered without incident. The arrest comes after federal prosecutors charged him with conspiracy and connection to the January 6th insurrection. The 38-year-old was not in Washington, D.C. Uh, the anchor was about to say he was not in Washington, D.C. on January 6th, but they still say he was involved. And in fact, the charges have just been upgraded to seditious conspiracy. We'd like to bring in Zuni Tario, uh, Enrique's mother. And Zuni, welcome to uh, Newsmax. I'm sorry you're going through this, quite frankly. I, I, I know a lot of the facts here. I think he's been overcharged and mishandled and lied about. Anyway, how you doing? Greg, thank you. I'm very honored to be on your show. I sincerely am. Thank you so much. You, um, this has been a roller coaster. I would imagine so. And actually, if anybody wants to help Enrique and you, you can go to the TarioFamilyFund.com. TarioFamilyFund.com. Now, a couple of things. First off, I want to address this whole idea that your son, who I believe is Afro-Cuban, is somehow a white supremacist. And I guess that would make you the mother of a white supremacist, which is laughable and ridiculous. You, would you please share with me your thoughts about that accusation? That is one of the most ridiculous things of all the things that have been said. That is one of the most ridiculous. He is Afro-Cuban. Um, we come from a Cuban family. Um, Henry is the first uh, generation of Americans and uh, by no means is he a white supremacist. And you were born, you were born in Cuba, ma'am? I was born in Cuba, and so is his father. And um, again, that is one of the most ridiculous things. Just by looking at him physically, you can just tell that. <laughs> tell us a little bit about him. You know, we've had him on the show. We know his beliefs. He's, you know, hardcore uh, freedom. But tell us a little bit about uh, something we don't know about him. Enrique is just a family man. He's a, a, a regular guy, nonviolent, loving man, just a family man altogether. So, and he is surely missed by all of us in the family. 
So they already, uh, he pleaded guilty to, I believe, burning a Black Lives Matter flag at a protest, which it sounds like literally giving somebody a ticket at the Indianapolis 500, a speeding ticket. It's crazy. He burned the BLM flag. He went to jail for, I think, uh, four or five months. And now he's back in trouble. Seditious conspiracy. They just upgraded the charges. What do you know about the latest uh, to befall him? Um, yes, they did just add those charges this week. Um, again, I mean, this is a roller coaster. I don't know how far the government is going to go with this situation. Um, it's, it's just hurting families. And um, every day, it's something different. You know, at the last minute, they come up with new charges. Um, and again, all of them, they're just family guys, you know. Um, they haven't been given bond. We've asked that they please let uh, be home till trial. That's all we've been asking. And nothing. They, the government just keeps pushing, pushing forward in, in some shameful way. Have you been able to talk with him or visit with him? Um, actually, I just talked to him a little while ago and I told him I was going to be on your show. And he was extremely excited about that. He, he really liked the fact. And uh, I do talk to him and uh, he just landed in Miami like an hour ago. He just landed. I'm sorry. He landed back in Miami an hour ago. Yes, he landed back in Miami an hour ago. So he's now in uh, FTC Miami. Okay, he's in federal custody in Miami. Why did they move him? Uh, That was something that Judge Kelly um, granted for him to come back to Miami to be closer to his defense. So, listen, you, you came here. Your lawyer is not here in the Terrio family lawyer. You, you have one. He has one. So I'm not going through the indictment with you for that reason, although I have been through it. And quite frankly, I think uh, there's not a case here. That's my opinion. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a prosecutor. I saw the text communications, at least those that were summarized. And it doesn't look like he was advocating for violence or an insurrection or anything like that. Uh, you know, a lot of people do think, though, These charges were upgraded to sedition because of the hearings that are going to happen tomorrow night. Do you believe that? I do believe that. I do believe that. I think um, it's a way for the government um, to manipulate those that committee hearing uh, tomorrow, those hearings tomorrow. All right. And by the way, excuse me, though, is it tariofund.com or .co? All right. .co or .com? Sorry. .com is okay. If they put .co... That'll be just the same. They'll be able to see it on there. All right. Terrific. I, forgive me. I thought we had a typo. Thank you there. so much. Yes. Thank you for clarifying that. Before we say goodbye, have you been harassed or anything like that? I mean, you know, your son and the fake news and the mainstream media uh, sedition, they're using that term very loosely. And now it's actually he's charged with it. Have you been harassed by anybody? Um, I have had some BLM uh, groups come to my home um, in the past and um and this has just caused so many problems, so many problems. It's just financial crisis here. There's emotional problems. There's all sorts of problems, you know, with this situation. Yeah, it gets very complicated very quickly when you're the government is prosecuting you and uh, their unlimited resources. Well, the TarioFamilyFund.co or .com, either works, TarioFamilyFund. If you want to learn more, Google, you can read the indictment. I don't think the case is there. I know your son has been lied about. I know the Proud Boys have been lied about. I wish you all the best. Zuni Tario, okay? 
Thank you, Greg. We really appreciate all your help and um, all your comments have been very, very well received. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you very much. And we'll be right back with former Mayor Rudy Giuliani. I want to tell you, Kavanaugh, you have released the whirlwind and you will pay the price. You won't know what hit you. Wow. So maybe somebody took him up on that challenge. That sounded like a threat. A guy was arrested outside of Kavanaugh's house, and it looked like he wanted to, well, kill Justice Kavanaugh. A 28-year-old man from California is in custody, and it looks like he had all kinds of plans to break into the house and kill Kavanaugh. I'd like to bring in former Mayor Rudy Giuliani, a great attorney, by the way. Hey, uh, great to see you, Mr. Mayor. Did Senator Schumer commit a crime there? Well, he sure as hell committed a lot more of a crime than anybody in the in the Trump administration with regard to January 6th. I, I never heard anybody in the Trump administration talk that way except uh, the Antifa guy, uh, Sullivan, who uh, who they let off the hook. The guy who said, burn down, burn down the Capitol. The guy who uh, kind of helped to organize yeah. the shooting of Ashley Babbitt that we still know nothing about. The, the FOIA documents that... Uh, that were obtained today by Judicial Watch are a definite, definite cover-up of what happened on on that day. They don't even have the Sullivan uh, 45-minute tape that raises all the questions about a possible first-degree murder. So this is this is a really rotten thing that's going on, and and you can see how stupid it is because Schumer, Schumer basically told people to go attack, to go attack the two justices, and one of them was going to do it today. Trump said, go to the Capitol peacefully and patriotically. Big it's, difference, except one's a Republican and the other's a Democrat, and we don't have justice in this country anymore. It just it, doesn't exist. It is amazing. It is amazing. Hey, January 6th, I know you had to uh, testify, at least behind closed doors. They're having their public hearings tomorrow night. Um, what do you think is going to happen? I think the thing has become a, a complete political sideshow of a group of people who should be investigated for perpetrating uh, the Russian hoax. Certainly the chairman, Benny Thompson, and Shifty Schiff, <laughs> and uh, Raskin. I mean, all those guys lied about, about Russia and tried to frame a president. I mean, the, the, it's like ridiculous. The criminals are holding the hearing. Mr. Mayor, you will be vindicated, and I look forward to seeing you receive the Presidential Medal of Freedom for all your trouble. I, I, I look forward to my son becoming governor. And bringing crime down in this state because he's the only one who can do it. And he's the only one talking about it. Andrew Giuliani is a candidate. we got to have him on soon, by the way. Uh, we're looking he's forward the, to that. He's the leading candidate. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. Uh, to be continued, we'll be right back. This country was made by tax rebels, freedom fighters, gold seekers, believers, lovers, and true patriots. We're Newsmax, and we're their heirs, and so are you. Newsmax TV, real news for real people. Thank you so much. Stinchfield is next, and we'll see you tomorrow. All the best.